0: Welcome to the Geek Geek podcast where we are working from home this week as are a lot of you. I'm void I'm here with my co-host Beej. I'm always working from home. You are always working from home. Uh today we want to talk a little bit about work from home and we uh, we'll get back to like our normal geekery and stuff. We know that this is an escape to- sometimes especially in times like the current moment. Um <laughs> but we kind of want to do our part, right? So if you're listening to this in the future and you're not aware, um, Last week, like a couple days ago, as of us recording, the U.S. declared a national state of emergency. And then, like, state by state, they've been declaring states of emergency also. So I'm in Minnesota. My state is under one. I don't know if you are in Tennessee yet, are you? Or in Alabama? Uh, Alabama. Sorry.
1: Uh, No, we have not declared a statewide uh, state of emergency. I doubt we will.
0: Even my town isn't doing it. Like, they're being kind of useless right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see. But that's all politics. We're not going to get too far into that. Right. But anyway, nationally, state of emergency for everyone in the U.S. And then around the world, there's a pandemic. Again, I'm saying this because if you're listening to it in the moment, you know this. But if you're listening to this in the far future, that's where we're at this week is like the global pandemic is finally affecting Western countries in a really big way. So suddenly it's top of mind, even though it's been in China for a while now. Um, So again, we wanted to kind of do our part just a little bit here and talk a little bit about working from home, because between you and I, you've been working from home for a couple of years and you still are right now. And then I Mm -hmm. spent like three or four years working from home when I was a freelancer. Yeah. So you did. You actually have a lot more
1: experience being at home like overall than I do so far. It's just mine is current doing it. I guess yours is current now, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm back here. Here we are again. Um, You know, I did a little bit of work from home here and there at my current job, but now our whole front office is remote. So it's a big change for everybody this week. It's been interesting. Um, so we just want to get into some tips and tricks on working from home and then we'll do some geekery like we normally do. Um, and again, this isn't like one cohesive topic where one thing flows into another, but we have a bunch of things that we've learned. So we just wanted to kind of run through the list basically, right? Yeah, because doing this, if you've never done it and never really considered it, it is a
1: lot like it is a lot more than waking up, sitting on your couch with a laptop. And if that's what you think working from home is, you're like me and most other people where it is so much more than that. Like it's still work and it's hard to get into that mindset that you actually have to do a job while you're here so it uh it takes a very specific mental shift and that's kind of what we want to talk
0: about because sometimes it can take a long time and y'all don't have a long time yeah and it's kind of funny because a lot of these are things that you basically said hey go find the list that you sent me like when you had started (laughs) working and we'll start there so that's what I did I was like oh yeah what did I tell BJ when he started working from home um so I think one of the number one I'm going to talk with uh, here are my here are my top two. Basically, we're gonna start with the top two things that I think everyone should know. Um, one is to separate your workspace and your home space. And Again, this is very dependent on how much space you have, but you have to find, even if you can't find like a separate space for both, you need some kind of thing that like visually or spatially separates work from home. And it might just be the way that you have your monitors configured. It could be like what keyboard you use or like um, what programs you have open on your laptop. If you do have the space, what I've always found works the best is if you can literally have like a work desk. Or, and like a home desk. Um, right. But something, you got to do something to separate work and home from one another because it's so key. Because if you don't do this, then your work life will bleed into your home life, your home life will bleed into work. It's like you will never feel like you're done working from the day, and that gets so stressful over time.
1: And it gets really oppressive at times. Like I have, right now, I'm on an L-shaped desk in my home office. Like this is the room that I use. I use this for, I have a closet of clothes and I work in here. Like that is it. And so what's really hard for me though, is that because on this desk, I have a PC on one end and my Mac and a monitor on there. So I have the laptop and a monitor and then a PC with two monitors. So I'm surrounded by screens here. The PC is my gaming PC though. And... And so I use it as a work computer as well. But when I absolutely have to get work done, when I'm in full work mode, I've got to get X, Y, or Z done without any distraction. I'm on the laptop because there is nothing personal on there like it is it is for podcasting i guess and uh, and for work like it is it is project based but when i'm on my gaming pc just right beside it even i'm generally more distracted because i have steam and the epic launcher and final fantasy 14 and all of that stuff on there and i may have one of my monitors taken up with it just tabbed out um also, like you're talking about having that space, like after being in here day after day after day after day, I sometimes, or right now specifically, I don't want to be in here after work hours like once i'm done working i probably am not going to be playing a pc game that's one of the reasons i've bounced off pc games lately is because if i spend one more hour in this room i might lose my mind so it's like being in your office at work it's like you want
0: to go home and that's the way i am it's like i want to go home from this room yeah no exactly and you know i've always tried to keep two separate separate workspaces so um right now i have uh like my my office is not a full office it's like a corner of one of the rooms upstairs but this is what i've declared as my office space and this is where i have my work laptop i have an external monitor and i'm set up for this is also where i podcast record so basically like being productive doing work type things my gaming pc which is also my home pc which is also my media server that's downstairs on like literally the opposite corner of the house so if i'm on that computer i don't feel like i'm in work mode at all and i'm not even tempted to look at work stuff. And even when I was in um, the townhouse, when we had like one third of the space that we do right now, I still did this, my gaming and home and media server PC, that main PC that was downstairs. And my work stuff was crammed into one corner of our master bedroom, which was like a very tight corner, and it probably didn't belong there. But I had to have a specific space for it. And that made all the difference in my day. And then Like you said, that leads right into my point number two, which you already kind of touched on. When you are done for the day, be done for the day. And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you got to hit your deadlines. Yes, you have to do things during the day and get work done. But as long as you've hit your deadlines and you've gotten things done for the day that need to be done, you have to disconnect. And it's so much harder when being connected and being disconnected are both in your house um, because it's this mental shift that you have to make. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some there are things that are exceptions like me. I'm in management. I never get to disconnect whether or not I'm in the office. This is true working from home or working remote. Um, But for most people, work your normal hours, hit your deadlines and then be done for the day and step away from your computer and don't look at it until the next day when you like sit down to do more work.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there are going to be exceptions to this. Every job has exceptions. I had to hit a deadline last Friday where I absolutely had to get an article done. And even though I cut myself off at 5 p.m. pretty much every single day, no matter what, I was working late to make sure that I hit a deadline for publication over the weekend. Uh, that's going to happen to Every single person at some point is the same as you having to stay late in the office just to make sure that you get the work done. It occasionally happens when you're on deadline, but it is really, really important that no matter what time it is, like I have, I stop working at five o'clock. That is my, that's my cutoff. I come into my office at 8 a.m. I leave it at 5 p.m. And sometimes, you know, there's some wiggle room, but that's what I try for every day. And I, but I keep slack open until 7 p.m. that i keep slack on my phone i'll put do not disturb and it starts at 7 p.m that way if my boss or anybody on my team needs anything from me after i've stopped but they haven't or if something like that comes up or if i need them and uh have to go back on there i keep it with a buffer on there for communication but not actually for doing the work unless something comes up like that where my boss is like oh yeah this is this has to be fixed right now i can go do it. Going back to the workspace just very briefly, um, it's hard for some people like y'all right now maybe not have a space like you had mentioned in the townhouse where it's like you have to do it. Um, I learned very easily, very quickly, that the couch is not a place for me to work. I fell asleep every single day. I was on the couch working. It was bad for me. Uh, I, I my productivity was was next to nothing until I learned to stay off of my couch. If that's something that you do, if you want to do that, make sure that it's somewhere that you can still consider a workspace like if you have a love seat in the den or anything like that wherever you are like we're not saying that you have to take up part of your dinner table to work or something like that because that's where you're eating with your family that's something like that but make sure that wherever you are is comfortable but not too
0: comfortable yeah and wherever you are working that will become a place that is no longer comfortable for relaxation so keep that in mind if you have a like your favorite spot that when you're done for the day you go and sit there to relax do not make that your workspace no matter what because that will go away whether you want it to or not um So another thing that goes kind of hand in hand with the workspace. I mean, those are my top two, right? Those are the top two. If you take anything away from this, separate your workspace and your home space. Find a way to do it. If it's physical, if it's mental, if it's your setup, there's a way to do it. Um, You got to figure out what works for you. But do it because it will make a world of difference. Even a different desktop or user on your computer. Like
1: I do stuff like that as well, where it's like that. That's important because even that part
0: of the computer looks like work yeah and then outside of a couple examples right or like you know exceptions, when you're done for the day, be truly done for the day and disconnect, and you'll feel better um so getting into a couple of the other tips and stuff that we've picked up, take breaks from your workspace um this is mm. one of those things where you don't realize in an office how much you get interrupted until you start working from home because you yes. suddenly have all of this time that's uninterrupted time where you can be super productive and It's really good in one way because you can be way more productive at home than you can in an office if you're, you know, focusing the way that you should be, but because you don't get these organic interruptions, you can also wear yourself out in a way that you don't get worn out in an office. Um, You know, it's it's all of those like casual chats or someone stops by to ask you a quick question or you take a trip to the water cooler or, you know, you go to the fridge to get something, things like that that just happen through your workday. They don't happen in the same way at home. So even the trips to the
1: bathroom are going to be different because you probably have to go longer from your desk like a physically longer a longer trip to the bathroom when you're at work than you do like the bathroom is literally six feet away from my desk right here it's like i'm not traveling to go do that maybe see somebody on the way have like you said those chats that just kind of happen it's like i'm going in there and i might pet my dog whenever i whenever i uh go like stand up so it's like you have to make sure that you're taking breaks here
0: and there and one of the things i've found about taking breaks is like find an activity to do that is so obviously not work that your brain won't confuse it because otherwise you won't actually feel like you mentally disconnected. So Mm. things that I've found that have worked in the past, um, take a quick walk, like a 15 or a 30 minute walk or play a video game for half an hour, um, or take an actual hour long break for lunch and like make yourself some home cooked food. You know, um, one of the things that I know that you talked about was like some time with your pets to just like, you're only doing pet time, right? I
1: honestly have floor time with my dog. That everyday she'll be sleeping in the corner of my office or something I look over and I will get down in the floor and hug my dog for a few minutes just because it's like that makes me feel better. I'm like, "Oh yeah, now I'm now I'm cuddled kind of thing. It's like it's a it's a relief from sitting at the computer writing all day. It's just something really truly nice that is a legit
0: break even if it's in that space." Yeah, and There's almost a flip side of this where make sure you take time to do things that are definitely not work that are away from your computer. But you can also do work away from your computer that's thinking work. And this is something that I think I told you early on when you started working. Um, And I always think about it as like going for a walk or I know for you it was more running than walking, Right. Yeah, it was.
1: But it's like those are meditative times where if you're stuck, if you need to work something out, that's still work time. If you go take a walk around the block or a couple of miles run, your brain is working out that problem subconsciously or even actively
0: as you're thinking about it. And this is one of those things where I figured this out being a developer working from home when I was my own business. There would be problems where. It was before I really learned how to work at home. Um, But there would be a problem I would get stuck on from like a developmental perspective on encoding. And I could sit there for three or four hours and like bash my brain against it sitting in front of a computer like you would be forced to in an office. But what I figured out was if I ever felt stuck, what I actually needed to do was take an hour or half an hour to like go for a walk, go for a run and try to think about something else. Because almost what would always happen is that like, The back of my brain would be processing whatever I was stuck on, and 90% of the time, I would get back home, and as soon as I sat in front of my computer again, I would have a solution, whether I realized I had been doing it or not. I I can't tell you how many times that happened to me. And once you told me that,
1: I really took advantage of it. Sometimes when I'm sitting there, you'll be looking at an article or you're writing a tutorial, and it's just like, how do I structure this? How do I work on this? It's like nothing... I'm writing is quality. This is all garbage. And so I would just get up and stop. I would go out and and walk around. I would mow the yard sometimes, which is very rare. I would go for a run, most likely. And when I came back, it was like, okay, now I can write this. I've got this idea in my head, or, you know, just coming back and having that distance. It looked different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of one of the one of the other things, and it ties into this a little bit, is that You need to understand that people aren't watching you as closely as you think they are. Um, Mm -mm. This is a trap you can get yourself into where, you know, like you feel like, oh, we have a work slack. I need to have my icon always be green and always be available in work slack. Or if I'm not responding to an email in five minutes, people are going to get on my case. And it's just that's just not true. That's not how anybody works. If you work for a company that's watching you like that, you should be working at a different company. Um, Yeah, that's just like it's not how anybody thinks in the real world because they're too busy worrying about their own job and what they're doing during the day. They're not tracking you that close. So as long as you're responding to people in an hour or less you're typically doing just fine and that's something that i feel like a lot of people who are new to working from home really need to hear that like you don't have to respond within a minute or five minutes or even 15 like 60 minutes is kind of what you typically want to aim for as long as you're responding in that amount of time nobody's going to give you any any trouble about it
1: and this is especially true if you guys are swapping to Slack or something like that, Slack or Discord or Microsoft Teams, Google Hangouts, whatever it is that you're using as you transition into homework here, remote work, those are while they are immediate chat systems, they're team chats, they are not synchronous. They're not like you on a you're on a phone call. You're they're messaging you and they know that you may not be looking at it right then. And so taking the time for an hour or less is fine. There have been times where I've taken right at an hour before I even saw a message from my boss. As soon as I responded, I would wait 10 minutes and get one back from him because it wasn't pressing. Um, If they need you, They will call you, and that is one thing I learned very early on doing this is when something was really pressing that my boss would call me. Otherwise, I'm not going to worry about getting back immediately, like within a minute whenever I see a message. You have time to think about this stuff and formulate the right response, and if you're using email – the response time generally is expected to be a little longer. That Slack and team chats and things like that are quicker forms of communication and especially like my team doesn't use email at all. Like my entire company has email for external communication. That the only time somebody emails me at my work email is someone who is not on my work team. And when I do get emails, when I did work with emails and things like that, I've talked to people like this it might be a day before you get back to an email. Sometimes people don't check their email more than twice a day. So if you do check your email all the time, don't stress out about it, especially if you're working from home. Your your schedule has changed here. Your priorities and the way you work has changed. So you have to look at these tools as
0: being what they are, as opposed to what you assume that they're going to be. Yeah, very true. And I mean, this goes with like all these different forms of communication. Um, I also wanted to highlight like, don't be afraid of a phone call. And, yeah, you know, casual chats are not happening in the same way when you're remote. And especially if everybody on your team is suddenly remote. Um, but don't forget that like those things in the office where you could just walk over to somebody and you could solve a problem in like five minutes just by talking instead of sending 15 emails back and forth. That's still an option. So don't be afraid to like pick up the phone and call somebody. I mean, you know, today we're recording. I had a work day from home today. I probably had 10 times during the day where I called someone and I had a conversation that was less than two minutes. But because I did that, it saved me so much time where I would have had to type out an email or ask for a response in Slack. And there are just some conversations that are better as a phone conversation um, rather than text back and forth. And you can still do that. Just don't don't hesitate like you're in a different situation now sometimes you just got to pick up the phone and call or i mean even and video chat you mentioned that too right yeah we do video chat we have a weekly
1: meeting every monday morning at 9 a.m for me we get together on zoom and we just have a team chat like we have people in kosovo on my team uh donietta is in kosovo mac is in Birmingham, England. Uh, phoenix arizona all this stuff like but we get together at the exact same time and we have a a video chat and it really helps so much more than just audio because we're seeing each other we're interacting we're laughing and doing this and it feels a lot more cohesive so if you're over a team and you're just now like transitioning them into uh into this remote work situation really consider having a set time even if it's just once a week so that you can go through what you're week is going to look like Um, make sure that everyone is on the same page and so that you can see each other's faces because it's really easy to get to the point where you don't see the even though you've seen them and worked with them in the in real life before it's easy to to forget
0: that they're actually people on there if you're not seeing them yeah. And I mean, if you are a manager, one of the things that I've seen success with, if you do it the right way, is to do a daily huddle um, with like video chat or even just all jump mm. into like a Zoom meeting or something. So you're at least on voice with each other um, instead of via text all the time. Because like you said, people can feel less alone that way. And it doesn't have to be super formal. Um, if you do it right, it can literally, literally be 10 to 15 minutes. Just what are you working on today? What are your priorities? Anything new going on? Let's talk for a couple of minutes. Okay, everybody break and go do your thing. Um, And that's something that I've never had to do with my teams, but I've been on teams where we did that in person and I've seen other people do it successfully remotely. So if we end up in a situation where it's more than a week or two, I'm probably going to institute that for my entire team. Just jump on a like a Zoom call or something, you know, right away in the morning, 15 minutes. How's everyone doing? What are you focused on today? Okay, let's all go do it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the best way to approach this is, especially if you're a manager, it has been my experience from my manager to approach it like, hey, you got a time for a quick call? That's the kind of thing that he'll say to me when it is something very casual, like almost word for word, hey, you got time for a quick call. That means that you know we have something to talk about that will be easier than texting it out uh, on Slack. It will be something very simple, maybe two to five minutes that we talk. If it's something that's important, he'll ask me if I can schedule a meeting for the or schedule a call for later in the week. That way we have time set aside in both of our schedules to actually dig in deep on something. So try to do that with the people that you're around and respect their schedules too, because theirs changed. Um, And working from home, when you are part of a team and you're working with colleagues, their schedule is going to be different from yours now. And so it's hard to make sure that everyone is, lined up if you don't plan ahead like the number one thing i've learned from all of working at home over the last few years is communication is the number one thing you have to learn how to do that communication makes this work that if you're not in contact with your team with your coworkers, with your friends this is going to be a much harder situation for you
0: yeah and i mean over communicate. Like if you're gonna err on the side of communicating more or less, make sure you're doing it more because everybody yep. will feel better just if they're kind of if they know, right? If they know that it's gonna yeah. happen. Um or if they know that you are communicating everything you know that's always what i err on the side of and people always seem happy that i do that i've never had anybody complain like hey you let me know what's going on too much i've literally never heard that <laughs> in my career yeah um yeah not at all the only thing that you'll ever over
1: communicate is if you send reply alls like do not reply all to the entire company reply all to your team this is why i like slack channels help a lot because you're not bothering every single person with what's important to a small number of people
0: yeah and you know know like we said talk on your work slack but also not just your work slack like there's so many slack groups out there if this is your first time getting your head around slack as soon as you feel comfortable in there jump into other slack or discord or twitter channels and just like talk to your friends right talk throughout the day i have a work slack now because we suddenly are all remote so i set that up and it's great it's great for work but before i ever did that i have two other slacks mm-hmm. that i keep open all day every day whether i'm in the office or not because it lets me communicate with friends and with people i like um you know one is just like a dedicated friend group slack and then one of them is our geek media slack which we have open and i know we say it every week but like This is the perfect time to join if you guys have never done that. If you're looking for a community where you can just post stuff and talk about geeky stuff during the day and find people to connect with, um, we are here and you guys can join us because it would be fantastic to have more people in there. And I think a lot of people could use that at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that y'all can sign up at slack.geek2geekmedia.com and or discord.geek2geekmedia.com. Those are our our places. And like I keep the slack app installed on my work work laptop where I can see multiple slacks in one app as it's installed but on my desktop PC I keep them open in browser tabs so you don't have to install anything to do this just like you would keep Twitter up in a tab on your browser you can do that with individual slack servers and discord servers so and discord actually keeps all of your discords in one uh, browser tab so you can just keep up with everything this is a lifeline I felt for I mean I've on for years up until probably 2 months ago that the only real socialization that I would have would be my friends online within Twitter, Slack and Discord and I finally realized I actually need like physical real life interaction with people but it this has really helped me during the day not feel completely alone and if this is your first time doing this loneliness is one of the hardest parts about working remotely and this is where i am truly inviting you to come talk to us to come be friends just hang out with it in a different tab because then you can you know go over and realize that we're arguing
0: about pop tarts again whether they're a sandwich yeah, it's the important things like that. Exactly. Yeah, and Exactly. Well, that's what keeps you sane. It is. It keeps you sane. And the other thing that I wanted to mention here is, and you don't have to do this if you feel overwhelmed, if you have like enough stuff that we just put in front of you, that's great. Um, But I wanted to throw it out there because something else that I found is that working from home is a really, really good time to form new habits because your entire schedule has been thrown off anyway. So if there's anything that you've put off doing, like I want to exercise half an hour every day, I want to do whatever. Now is the perfect time to do it Um, because your schedule is going to be in disarray. But at the same time, you are kind of setting your own schedule in certain ways that you weren't able to if you're stuck in an office. So um, just as an example, I tried tons of different eating schedules until I landed on intermittent fasting and I would not have been able to try them and try all these different like approaches to eating and food when, if I had not been working from home for a couple of years as a freelancer. And I still do that now because I have my head around it, but having that freedom of like, I've access to all the food in my house, I can eat whenever I want, you know, like I don't have to do what's like corporately structured or anything like that. Um, That's what let me do that essentially. And it's very
1: easy to do that with exercise as well, because one thing that I do that you also suggested to me was make sure that I took a lunch break, that not just cutting it off at the in the evening that I'm done with work, but also that you take weekends and lunch breaks as well, that you have to have this time off of work just like you would otherwise. So when you take that lunch break or take that whatever break, I would use that for running. Like I might eat a sandwich at my desk for lunch, but then I would take the time in the afternoon where during that slump, I would absolutely go for a run and then I would be able to come back and do something like that. Or that would be the last bit. I'd finish work early and then go for a run and come back. Like it
0: really, that flexibility helped me get that kind of exercise in. Yeah, I mean, it's easier to sneak exercise into your day. It's also a lot easier to sneak healthy eating into your day because don't forget you suddenly have all of your food and your entire kitchen open to you at any time of day. So you can actually make yourself like a really good breakfast or a really good lunch or whatever works for your particular schedule. Um and it can be healthy and it can be fresh and it can be hot food. You don't have to make all those compromises that you do if you're taking food into an office that make you eventually go, oh, "I'm just going to order takeout because I can't eat this again." Um so those are all options to keep in mind. But yeah, overall there's a lot of tips. Um, hopefully, some of those help you. Again, I'm going to go back to what I started with. If you only take away one or two things, number one, separate your home space and your workspace find somehow how to do it physically or mentally. Either one is fine, but figure out how to do it for yourself that works. And then number two is when you're done for the day, truly be done for the day and disconnect because it will save your sanity.
1: Absolutely. like Those are the most important. And also, I think a close third is keeping in touch with people. Don't isolate yourself, even though you may be quarantined. Like, just because you're quarantined, just because we're distancing and keeping away from people socially, we still have to have each other, and that's where online communities like ours help there are plenty of others as well but reach out to people and just you know share memes talk to people play video games together get together and play overwatch or final fantasy 14 or Fortnite or whatever it is that you do do that as well
0: yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we'll do a little bit of geekery here, but before we do that, don't forget, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and we have a whole network that you guys can explore. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have a ton of content these days on the Geekery blog, which is awesome to see. There's a lot more like reviews and impressions and walkthroughs and a lot of cool stuff there these days. Um, and then outside of that, you said that there's also a contest going on at the moment, right?
1: Yes, Capsule J is holding a geek-to-geek eSports uh, tournament with Smash Brothers Ultimate while everyone is quarantined here. While we can't get together and do anything, we might as well get together and do it online. Um, this is going to be a one-on-one tournament with players, player-determined scheduling. It's the same structure as the other eSports tournaments that we've done for fun. Um, this is a quote-for-fun rule set of Smash Bros. Ultimate, so you know what that means if you're a Smash Bros. player. Um, apparently, it is items- and state and stage hazards on i don't know what this personally means but i'm sure you do uh it's going to keep it casual uh registration opens today uh when you well registration opened yesterday uh, as of this recording so monday uh if you're listening to this the matches start friday uh that will be march something or other uh that will be well said (laughs) Yes, that will be around March 20th. So if you're listening to this when it's brand new, it's Friday. Um, the you can do that. It's all free. Um, you can. There's a link in the description of this video, not this video. There's a link in the podcast show notes here that you can click on for the challenge link. Um, Just make sure that you do that if you want to play with us. It's super fun. There is an eSports channel on Discord where we talk about stuff like this. Um, It is a lot of fun. Uh, And if you win, you will get a certificate that you won. (laughs)
0: congratulations um and of course you guys can always go to geek2geekmedia.com or geek 2 com slash subscribe and get things sent to you so you don't have to go hunt them down um okay with all that said time for weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week what do you have this week uh honestly most
1: of what i've done is final fantasy 14 okay Uh, i played it a little bit with austin it's really nice to have somebody to play with again like i had gotten tired of it being an mmo i was soloing and having someone just to do quests with like over the weekend has been really really nice just to do the daily roulettes and 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 duties and things like that. Um, I did finally start the Blue Mage, which is super weird. Like it's a solo limited class. Like you level it up and you gain spells by getting hit by enemy spells, like you do in the other Final Fantasy games. Uh, So it's really neat. I've looked up some guides. Uh, It's kind of silly, but it's made for solo play. But I've been having a really good time just going through with it. Um, I'm probably gonna wait on Shadowbringers for a little while because I Austin was like, I hate it that I can't do it uh, with you. That we can't do this together like we did the others. I'm like, I'm five quests in. That's not a big deal. I'll wait and level up other stuff. So I'm just getting kind of playing and doing stuff around. So that one's fun. Um, I also started watching the TV show Modern Love, and it's really good. Like, it's way better than I thought it would. It's on... Um, Amazon Prime, and it's based on the New York Times article uh, well, column, Modern Love. And so these are true accounts that have been fictionalized and turned into narratives. And it's really, really good. So uh,
0: I've I've watched a couple episodes of that and can't wait to get back to watching more of it. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you're finding, especially like MMO community at this point yeah. in time during this global pandemic, it's probably a good thing to connect on and like kind of be picking away at
1: yeah, exactly, and if anybody's interested, I know that, uh, is, it, is it Belgast or Braxwolf? I always confuse this. Belgast or Braxwolf has a
0: has a server on Cactuar, right? They have a, a, yes. well, a guild on Cactuar. Yep, yeah, Belgast, and there's a bunch of people uh, part of that community that I'm part of. It's kind of like Agrochat, or yeah. there's there's a couple other names for it because it has changed over time. But yeah, there's, uh, there's one on Cactar that has a pretty good community on it. And I'm
1: on Leviathan, so if you want to holler at me, I'm a lesser Wormsbane. So just uh, reach out, like just we'll we'll have fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I I've been doing a bunch of stuff. I've been doing some Game Pass stuff, which I feel like we're getting closer to doing a Game Pass episode, one of these ones in the next couple of weeks. I feel like it's coming up. Um, but I tried out. Ori and the Will of the Wisps because that just came out on Game Pass and if you like Metroidvanias you definitely should go give that a shot Um, it's not as hard as something like Hollow Knight but it's a little bit more hard than kind of most Metroidvanias from a platforming perspective but it's a beautiful game Um, I don't think I'm going to beat it because it almost got like too challenging for me and I also don't know if I'm in the mood for a Metroidvania but I know there are people out there that just like live and die by, by Metroidvanias because they love them if you are that person go play Ori and the Will of the Wisps because it's really good if you're into that yeah. genre. And, and then it's the
1: sequel to Orion the Blind Forest, which I just bought on the Switch, and it is fantastic, and I totally see the uh the it getting difficult in some of the platforming areas because I'm like, wow, this is harder than Guacamele.
0: Yeah, and I felt like uh Orion the Will of the Wisps is actually balanced better than the Blind Forest. Like, I mean it's oh, a cool. sequel, so they've learned right. a lot since they released that game. Um, and they are beautiful. They are. They look really, really good. And then uh, I was playing King of Tokyo. My kids and I have just been playing more board games, but King of Tokyo is a really quick and easy one to highlight here. It's like stompy monsters. It's basically you're like kaiju and monsters and giant robots and stuff like that destroying the city. And so if you guys have never seen this before, it's a really low key, really low stakes. It's like you are a monster and you roll a bunch of dice and you can attack other monsters or you can like step into Tokyo and if you can stay there for long enough, you get points. You get points in a bunch of other ways, but either the game will end. It The game plays in like 30 minutes, maybe less because... Okay either um, one of the monsters or all of the monsters will get killed except for one or somebody gets enough points in that amount of time that they win the game so it's like a super quick to play super lightweight but it's just kind of this like fun like roll dice smash each other and then you can play again or you could go and play like a longer game for the night so i just wanted to highlight it it's been around for a really long time but king of tokyo is super fun
1: And I'm pretty sure that that was brought to game night a couple of weeks ago and we didn't end up getting to play it. This past week, we actually played Wingspan. Have you played it? Uh, No, but I know what it is. It's excellent. It's an engine building game and uh, it is absolutely excellent. It took us a long time. Like it was a two and a half, three hour game that we were doing because we had five people playing it. And it was so much fun, though, learning how to put these animals and these birds in their habitats and lay eggs like it was a ton of fun. So if you're into those kind of engine building games, then definitely check out Wingspan as well.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I wanted to highlight this week was uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I finally beat the Blue Lions route, and it's finished. And it was good. I'm glad that I did another route. I'm probably going to end up doing Golden Deer at some point, and then if I'm feeling really, really ambitious, I'll go back and do the Church routes while I've done all four of them. Um, But at this point, I've completed two. So I beat Black Eagles, and I beat uh, Blue Lions, and. I, I really liked the Black Eagle story. I feel like for me, that's like my canon storyline because it was the first one I chose and I just really yeah. liked it. I had fun kind of siding with the evil empire and seeing where that took me. And some of the key things that are going on in the world, you never actually learn about in the blue line route. Um, huh. I felt like the Black Eagle's Revealed so much more of what was going on from like a world spanning narrative and like the high stakes stuff Whereas the blue lions route was much more about um this kingdom that's trying to like stand tall against an an evil empire and it was a lot more Predictable and a lot more traditional. It wasn't bad. It was just different and I haven't gone back to
1: three houses since I stopped the new game plus that was in the blue lions but i don't remember how far i was i was still a few quite a few months away from the time jump
0: yeah and you know one of the things i noticed was that both storylines had really interesting and compelling characters so if i go back it's not really gonna be for like the main storyline for the other two routes it would be because i want to learn about those characters from the other house a lot more than i did this time so yeah um, you know I thought they was probably my favorite from the blue line route. He's a really really cool character and Yeah, I I liked everybody in the Black Eagles, not everybody, but I liked almost all of them. They had some of my favorite characters, so I'd be interesting to see what the Golden Deer bring as well. So we'll see what happens with that. I know I'll get back around to it, but we're like a couple days away from Animal Crossing and then Final Fantasy VII Remake is about a month away and it's like games are finally coming out for the first time this year, even though it's almost the end of March. It's been a really slow year.
1: Yeah. And I'm hoping that the rest of the year picks up a little bit with the releases, but also the ones that are coming out. Like, I'm not interested in Animal Crossing at all. That's not my not my game. But I know so many people who are that's going to take up so much of their time that a lot of the games that are coming out are time sinks that you're going to pick one game to play a lot like Final Fantasy VII Remake or Animal Crossing. It's going to be kind of hard to balance both of those uh, with as much as you're wanting to play them if you're that kind of gamer.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll be super interesting to see because games will come out for the next two or three months and then we're going to see how much of an impact this pandemic had on other releases later this year. I would not be surprised to see both of the next gen consoles get delayed into next year and I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the major game releases get delayed from the fall this year either. I would not doubt
1: that at all. They uh, with the way that things are going and they're canceling and postponing different movie releases uh, for the theater, that games are surely
0: going to be that way as well. Yeah. Oh, I have one other thing just to go hand in hand with this pandemic. Um, If you guys are looking for catharsis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you could go get the game pandemic or pandemic legacy right. season one because they are fantastic games They are some of my favorite board games i think if i had to pick one favorite board game of all time it would be pandemic legacy season one and it will not get you away from thinking about the pandemic but it will give you catharsis to actually have some control and to like get your head around a situation so that was one thing i wanted to highlight The other one is Plague Inc., which if Hmm. you guys have never played that game, it's on, I think it's on all mobile devices. I know it's on Steam as well. Um, I think so, yeah. But that is one where, you know, if you're playing Pandemic the board game, you're basically like the World Health Organization or the CDC. You are trying to prevent the spread of pandemics. And if you are playing Plague Inc., you are on the opposite side of that. You are actually the pandemic and you are trying to spread across the whole world and destroy everybody. So if you want catharsis, if you want ways to interact with our current situation and feel like you have control, I actually highly, highly recommend both of those games. They're both fantastic in different ways. Don't play them if you want to escape from what we're dealing with, but if you want to tackle it, um, I, I would recommend those both. Yeah, for sure. I brought Pandemic
1: to game night uh, last week, and we didn't end up playing it. We played Wingspan instead, but it was one of those that I
0: couldn't resist bringing just because it was like, wow, all right, let's lean in. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, we'll probably get back to more normal geekery stuff next week, but we wanted to be relevant because we thought we could give some people some tips and tricks here because, like I said, between the two of us, we have getting close to a decade of experience working from home, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, But yeah, if you guys have any questions about any of this, feel free to hit us up. And of course, you can always get us with questions, comments, suggestions, feedback, all that kind of stuff. Um, Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast.
1: We have great discussions also on Slack and Reddit and Discord. So make sure that you hit us up on those. Uh, You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, you might as well read all of the other content that we've got. Video game reviews, impressions, different things like that. It's really good stuff.
0: And what is the specific Slack link, if people want to jump in there? It is
1: slack.geek2geekmedia.com and discord.geek2geekmedia.com. Perfect.
0: Um, I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege.
1: That's Beige with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast, where we
0: are talking a lot about Dragon Quest X these days. Awesome. Uh, we've been voiding and beach with your geek geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye,
1: guys. Stay safe.